Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're feeling all great about how your favorite baseball team's going to handle Shohei Otani, right? Tonight in Anaheim, that's the matchup. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this Pirates versus Angels is a 9.38 p.m. Eastern time start. The third baseman taking the field for the visitors will continue to be Jared Triolo. For how much longer, it's hard to say. The medical outlook on Kebrian Hayes is that he is supposed to get in some baseball-type work this week at the Angels Stadium. He is on the trip. But from there, he's going to need some rehab. He's going to need even further assurances that his back can not only hold up, but you know, just be okay going into the next time that he's in the big league lineup. In the meantime, while presumably not a lot of people have been looking because the team has been so bad, Triolo's been... Not bad at all. He's slashing 311, 368, and 344 through his first 17 games and 61 at bats. And you can say, all right, 17 games, 61 at bats doesn't mean a thing, smallest possible sample size, or except that if you go over his history in the minor leagues, this is exactly who he's been all along. I come armed, 1,229 minor league at-bats. And he slashed 285, 367, 439. Now, with only 27 home runs, but even that's replicated here because he has none so far in the bigs, and he doesn't appear to be that kind of guy. And before you turn your nose up at that just because he's at a corner position and thus should be providing power, certainly per the old school theorems on the positions, he's capable of playing a lot of different places. Uh, He's not just a third baseman, although he has been in the minors an elite, not good, not very good, not great, elite defender at third. 
He's seen action at short. He's seen action at second. He's seen action in the outfield. So if nothing else, what you might have with Triolo is a really, really good utility player. And that comes with value unto itself, especially when you hold the player's rights already for the next six years. I know what you're thinking. I know, I know, I know. Just just wait it out, okay? What to like about Triolo at the plate to date hasn't just been about his contact. It's also been about his approach. While the rest of his teammates have been just watching pitches zip by, a lot of them right down the middle of that strike zone grid that you see on your TV, he's ready to hit. He he looks like he came to Pittsburgh with an Andy Haynes vaccine, like where he's just not going to hear anything that's going to throw him off of the approach that he's always had. I asked him about his approach after his game Wednesday in Pittsburgh. Pretty good. Uh, I think I learned pretty early on. Uh, a lot of pitchers in this league try to get you off your approach, so the quicker you can learn to stick to your approach, it, it helps for sure. Well, what were they doing? Just trying to get you to chase and you know swing at their pitches and uh, a lot of the same stuff as minor leagues, but you know they execute their pitches a lot better. So okay, but you're still pretty aggressive. Yeah, um, for the most part. I mean, if they if they throw it in my zone early, I'm I'm gonna be ready to swing. The reason I brought up the aggressiveness with Triolo is that minutes before that, I'd asked Derek Shelton a question about Triolo's aggressiveness. He he's the kind of guy that he's going up to the plate, ready to hit, and a great example of that came in that very game Wednesday. Triolo had a two-run single that really put things away, uh, lined the ball over the shortstop's head, too. It wasn't some, you know, joke hit. And he did that swinging at the first pitch after the previous batter walked. And that's usually the kind of thing, especially with a young player, where you go, no, 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 just go take, go take, because that loaded the bases. You know, let's at least see a couple of pitches. Well, I'm sure he was ready to do that. I'm also sure he was ready to do that thing, that very unhanes-like thing, and swing the bat. And he did. And he hit the ball. And he hit it fairly hard. I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, now, to get to what it is that you've been piping up about over there the whole time, I've been raising this subject and Hayes. No, he's not a replacement for Hayes. Not because the Pirates are putting a ceiling on him. They actually like him quite a bit and have for a long time. It's that they're also not ready to put a ceiling on Hayes. Let's be real here and fair. If you look back at that period a few weeks ago when Hayes gave Haynes credit for the toe-tap introduction that restored some semblance of timing to his swing. He'd felt that that was way off. Kibrian uh, did. You saw a tear. You saw power. 
You saw hitting to all fields. You saw the proper amount of patience and aggressiveness. You saw everything, realistically, that you saw from Key way back in the COVID year, 2020. That one month in which he was just unbelievable. Looked like some sort of generational superstar had arrived. And Key put that on again, that same clinic, for a couple of weeks. You do not abandon that. Throw the contract out of your head. This isn't about the contract. The contract was because of that potential. And I know he's not getting any younger, and I know the back injuries are annoying. Imagine how they are for the athlete. And I know they cause real concern. And they have within 115 Federal as well, especially since you're talking about the second year of recurring back trouble. But you don't just throw them out. You know, there's there's work to be done on the Hayes front, principally with finding a way to take care of that back once and for all. When we come back, no pun intended, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Today's J1Q comes from Bill, who says, DK, I listen to the Daily Shots. Well, daily, you really pushed for the prospect call-ups to help the Pirates after their strong start. And given everything that's followed, would it really have made a difference? My guess is yes, if they were called up while the team was still winning, within a winning environment. But to have them get called up now... It might even have caused a negative effect on those prospects' progression. You know, Bill, I'm with you on this without taking it too far. I don't want to sit here and blame a narrative or what's the word you used here? Uh, An environment on how a kid does at the plate. It absolutely 
has an impact. And there's no doubt in my mind after seeing them come up, after seeing some of their reactions to failure, after seeing how quiet they've all been in the clubhouse over the past few days, uh, after seeing uh, Quinn Priester over the last 48 hours after his really, really rough big league debut, just forcing a smile anytime somebody comes around him. Uh, that makes me cringe all the more. But you know what else? You know what else? When Henry Davis came up, the environment was no different. Henry Davis really hit. Henry Davis had begun to assert himself. I know not everything's gone great for him over the last two, three weeks results-wise, but his approaches have still been solid. You know who else has been really good and seemingly unaffected? Nick Gonzalez. He's hitting consistently. A little bit of a dip here or there, but for the most part, he's still getting the job done. So let's not take... What is it? Three days of Andy Rodriguez and Leo Verpaguero, and of course, throwing Priester in there as well, and paint something that is to singularly blame. I am a believer that if during that 20 and 8 stretch, it wasn't going to be all five guys, it couldn't be. The team was 20 and 8. You know, remember, you didn't have five spots you wanted to give up. But if you'd brought up, let's say, in early May, which was when I first started mentioning it, and it was specific, it wasn't just bring up the kids or bring them up in a healthy environment. It was bring up Davis or Rodriguez to hit because the team needed a spark at the plate. And then I mean, the team just fell off a cliff at the plate and it just kept going and going and going through that month. And then they got healthy a little bit at the plate and then June comes along and then it happened again. Still no reaction. So there were not one but two instances where Ben Charrington could have taken some kind of action where the team was still I mean, wasn't it just two weeks ago that Andrew McCutcheon said to everybody, hey, listen, we're still in this. Look at the standings. It's four games back, five games back. Well, then they just kept right on losing. And these prospects did come up in a toxic? I don't know if that's too strong a word. If you saw the reactions that Rich Hill and G-Man Choi were having, the other day, trying to get what was in their minds, the young kids more focused, more into this, less giddy over just being here. That's a tough environment because now it's player versus player, player wondering if the manager's not doing enough, if the coaching staff isn't doing enough, and why do we got to do this job and play the game? And prospects going, what the heck is this? It sure wasn't like this in Indianapolis or Altoona. We all kind of liked each other, okay? And different things happen that I'm sure affect their confidence, the kids, and their performance. 
Yeah, absolutely. My answer to your question, if I had reduced it to one word, was yes. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates today, all week long, all season long. You're nuts to do so, but we will be back Monday with another one anyway. 